Welcome to 2023 and episode 47 of the Triple Takeover Toycast, a fortnightly podcast about Transformers plus other vintage and modern toy lines. It's a Transformers free zone this time out as we change the squadron up, do the opposite to everyone else at the start of the year and look back into the past at the origins of our beloved Autobot cars. Joining me as always are my fellow Dianauts. First up, it's the boy in a grown-up's powered suit who can absolutely be trusted to operate heavy machinery. It's Liam from Toybox Soapbox. What ho? A clone. (laughs) (laughs) My gosh. You you know he's had that on cooker all day. Literally three seconds ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alongside him, it's the fellow who often reminds us that they don't make them like they used to. Your friendly neighborhood dinosaur robo, 60 from 60. And I'm Maz from TF Square One. Well, hang on a minute. Was that an age joke? That's very bold, considering you're older than I am. This is a topic that performed well in our episode polls last year, so we're thrilled to finally get to it. <laughs> okay, I'm thrilled to finally get to it. It's Diaclone Car Robots. Happy New Year, lads. Shall we get on with the ceremony? Well, I don't know. I'm still uh, wanting to know more about Liam's heavy machinery. I would love to be in charge of heavy machinery. I'd be really good at it. I can't drive. I'm good at bikes. That's precisely why you, of all people, shouldn't be in charge of heavy machinery. (laughs) Indeed. How are the driving lessons going, by the way? Oh, I've given up for a bit. I've taken a break. (laughs) Taken a break. Yeah, uh, apparently I can't stop speeding, apparently. I just keep getting told for that, so... Right, yeah. It's hard to not ram your foot down on the accelerator pedal, isn't it? What did he tell me? I'm ignorant of speed limits. (laughs) 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 Only a little bit. It's like, I'm not going that fast. And I know know where it is because I live around there. (laughs) <laughs> Most accidents happen close to where you live. And mm. I always take the lessons after school as well, so there's no kids around. <laughs> Wait, after your school or the I was school? Just say, <laughs> totally made it sound like that. I've just got this image of Kevin <laughs> McAllister having driving lessons, and I'm like, yeah, maybe taking a break is a good idea. Just eating sweets in the front. Yeah. I used to have a driving instructor actually, year, I mean, obviously years ago, but. Uh, uh, sorry, Liam, I didn't mean that. No. <laughs> Obviously, this was years ago that I learned to drive. He wonders why we call him a dinosaur robot. <laughs> You're right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So old. But uh, yeah, my driving instructor, he'd regularly, you'd be chundering along or whatever, and he'd say, right, you know, pull over here, do all of this, maneuver or whatever, pull over, park. He'd say, right, little uh, digestive break, and he'd just break out the biscuits, and we'd just sit there for like five minutes in complete silence. And honestly, I'd just be like, well, this is kind of awkward, do you know what I mean? But it was just so bizarre, but hey-ho. I love that he made you stop the car before he could have a yeah. digestive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how some driving instructors are, like, real nerds for it. You know, they, he, like, loved the highway code, loved driving sensibly, all of that kind of stuff, you know? But why a digestive? Well, you get, like, a like a chocolate hobnob or, you know, something nice. I don't know, mate. It's probably too exciting. Mm. Sticky crumbs. Yeah. Did he have a thermos? No, I don't recall if he had a thermos or not. Quite probably. My driving instructor used to get me to drive him to all the places he needed to do chores or or errands like we used to drive up to to enfield where he needed to get like fishing stuff he just made me park outside the store do you work for every or something just chuck a package out (laughs) (laughs) drive by package delivery right just throw a package but yes um did you have a good holiday period we're finally back for 2023 it's been ages since we've done this so you know i'm currently enjoying a very productive no purchase january i'm sure you two are definitely like on that as well right Uh, yes yeah no, but it was a lovely holiday. I'm not going to comment on no purchase January, but yeah, it was it was a lovely holiday. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I had a great time. I drank loads, ate loads, watched loads, played loads. It was brilliant. Sad it's over. Where did it go? Well, in everything you just described. <laughs> yeah, it's just flown by. It was like it was like a blink and it was gone. Yeah, it's it's different, man. You, when you you got kids, it's just I don't know. Yeah, it's fun. Do you know what I mean? But it's busy, 
uh, like you say, it has flown by, but in a completely different way, I think. But uh, but great fun. Just, uh, you know, old 7-0, just the kind of perfect age now to kind of get into the whole, uh, you know, Santa thing and all of that. We did a bit, la- obviously, last year and stuff as well. And we have, yeah, previous years. But we're just kind of in the right in the thick of it now. So that's really nice. And uh, we've been really looking forward to getting back to this because we chose to start the year with some pretty hard-hitting topics, right? Big, big name topics. Hard-hitting? Sounds like, you know, like the Cook Report or something. <laughs> 90 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Exposing working practices. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, but we, we really have been kind of working towards it, haven't we? I've been thinking about it all Christmas period because uh, we sort of, I think there's a few topics coming up that we've been holding off on for a little bit. Do you think that's fair to say? Uh, to say the least, yeah. 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 Well, there's a couple saving for uh, the right occasion. This feels like the right occasion. Yeah. I think that's it. Sort of real special topics that we're like, oh, yeah, we'll get to that eventually. But almost you end up, I think, sort of psychologically having to work yourself up to them a little bit. And uh, we just decided to go for it, didn't we? We were like, new year, new outlook. New triple takeover. Yeah. Well, the break helped. Yeah. The break helped. Um, and also, I think inadvertently seeing that toy shop on tour video of jonathan ross's hyper collection wow. of vintage japanese toys and the, how heavily diaclone was featured in there was there a lot yeah it's like oh, yeah, he's great. a serious diaclone collector and microman and everything else engine cyborg and hold on yeah. i would right, well, absolutely well recommend watch. it it's yeah. a thoroughly fantastic one hour of your time that you'll spend and it flies by because it's just it's really enjoyable and it's probably not what you think I saw a photo. Is it the Leicester Toy Shop guys? Yes. Yeah. All uh, right. Yeah, because I pop in there every now and again because Leicester's like twenty minutes away on a train from where I live, so I pop in quite a bit. That's quite cool. Yeah. And when you're in there, you always talk about the podcast, right? <laughs> uh, I usually go into Cinnabon because it's next to it <laughs> and buy a big cinnamon thing. I'd love to go and check out their shop. It looks Definitely. amazing. I mean, I, I love following those guys on nice. Twitter because they're really fun anyway, yeah. and their YouTube series is great. Uh, it is great. They're really, really good. They've done Paul as well, haven't they? So that's worth a look. Yeah, that was a great episode. And that was a really good episode from the, Paul from the Space Bridge, uh, for those of you that uh, that know him, uh, for those of you that know him. And again, right next to a Cinnabon. Is that right? Yeah. Just all good UK toy shops next to a Cinnabon. A, a Cinny what? A Cinnab- yeah, I said Cinnabon. John, John Masterdon again, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Masterdon thing. <laughs> yeah, Masterdon. Bow you cry, I'll peep Cinnabon. Cinnabon. Start as you mean to go yeah. on, mate. Right. Don't ever change. Absolutely, absolutely. But no, that Jonathan Ross video is excellent. Really, very good. And I kind of, I had an inkling that he was a toy collector, but it was, it's just like something else. But to another level, I mean, it's just, I, I don't know. Someone online said to me, "Oh, I'm, I'm getting too much jealousy from this," and I was like, "I can't even work up a feeling of jealousy because it's no. just out of sight. It's like, it's like a museum." think of something and it's there do you know what i mean he, i mean he doesn't have like a lot of modern stuff necessarily but some he does modern diaclone he has yeah which is great to see yeah some really nice stuff as well but i did laugh when he's doing the little tour of diaclone and uh and he was showing off some of the modern stuff and he pointed out battle buffalo the new battle buffalo <laughs> yeah. and uh, and then he said of course that's this one down here and he's got the vintage one in a cabinet uh and it's just when he goes the older one's bare like really <laughs> under his breath and i did chuckle of course, because you're a fellow dinosaur robo, aren't you? Right, exactly. I am a dinosaur robo, indeed. So he had new Diaclone as well? Yeah, he had new Diaclone. Only like yeah. four of each. Like the boxes of new Battle Buffalo were four yeah. deep. And then he had a whole stack of Waruda suits as well. Not sure how up to date wow. it is, his collection, but he's into it. He's active. He's into it, definitely. Get on our Discord. 
Yeah, yeah, it might maybe. I also laughed at the bit where he talked about the the great robot base, and he said, "Oh, and of course that was the, uh, the 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 most expensive and hardest to find of the original Diaclone toys." And the camera pans, and there are five of them, all mint in box. And it's like, "Yep, okay, we know who we're. Uh, we know what kind of level we're pitching at yeah. here." I think so. It's like challenge accepted. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no challenge out of sight. Honestly, give it a month. Seem to be all of Diaclone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that has definitely fueled my um, interest in doing this episode. And I just felt like it came along at exactly the right time. I saw his collection and I got the pang of, oh, but what if I never bought any more new stuff? What if I just got rid of all the new stuff again and everything since 1985 and just focused on getting Diaclone again, like I've done in the past? Mm. Except now that would get me two toys. Yeah, right. <laughs> Whereas 10 years ago, it might have got me 25 to 15 outs, like two, maybe one. A little bit different. Half a toy. But yeah, and then. Looking up for this episode and, and doing the research for this one again, my thoughts together for it again make, remind, reminds me how much I love this part of uh, of collecting and just how special it is. And seeing someone like that collect it in the way that he does, and, and the kind of people that we have in the Diaclone community, like Razzi, for example, who is not specifically a Diaclone collector, just like Rossi isn't. Yeah. But uh, what they have is spectacular, and it just mm. it has that museum vibe to it. Really does. It's very inspiring. Really, really inspiring. He follows me on Twitter now as well. What's that about? Nice. I, I was couldn't believe it. So I think he's a very active community member when it comes yeah. to toy collecting, and he does participate in collector groups, probably groups that you're a member of and don't know that he's there. Right. I was he collects say, so much, and he's yeah. so into finding out about the toys that he's probably around. Oh, that that was really the bit that got me was just watching that vid. Was that you know for a solid hour. He's going through, I lost count of the number of toy lines, let alone mm. individual toys. But he knew each and every one of them, and he knew some backstory. Like There were a couple of bits where he was like, was it this or was it that? But he always knew, do you know what I mean? He had so much knowledge in that brain. Impressive stuff, definitely. Yeah, he had something to say about all of it, yeah. which, is, which is cool. Yeah, it wasn't just, oh, this is a thing that I have on a shelf and I don't know the, the kind of history of it or whatever. He, he knew his stuff, for sure. But yeah, you're right, the Diaclone stuff museum worthy super inspiring for sure anyway talking about being inspired uh, you might be inspired to check out our sponsors for the night uh, which are two of them we have first up tfsource.com for all your transformers and third party needs big and diaclone, and diaclone needs yeah they've got some diaclone goodies going on there quite a lot of diaclone actually pretty reliable for the old uh, the old diaclone uh, so do check them out at tfsource.com and we've also got kapaltoys.co.uk a UK supplier, and they do ship to some bits of Europe as well. And they do more beyond just Transformers, and they do do some Diaclone as well, actually. But yeah, do check them out, and we'll do a longer segment on both of them in the middle of the pod. And if you want to hear more from Triple Takeover, if you want more content than just the fortnightly episodes, of course, we keep saying fortnightly, but we've had like three to four weeks off at this point. <laughs> so going forward, again, back to fortnightly. That's a rarity. Yeah. You can get weekly exclusive content, and that includes mini-sodes that can be commissioned by our patrons or mini-series where we have extended uh, multiple episodes on a particular topic, whether it's IDW more than meets the eye, a new toy line that Liam's going to talk about from the past, or more Unicorn Trilogy from me. Uh, and of course, we will have different topics in the future as well. It's not just going to be this forever going forward. Uh, we, you can get access to our Discord server, which has been a fantastic place to hang out over the holidays. I must say loads of cool things, loads of new additions to the community as well. So it's been a wonderful place to hang out, a real oasis in the community. 
Uh, you can get early access to episodes like this one a whole week early. You can vote in episode polls. And of course, this week's episode is a winner of one of our episode polls. So eventually we got around to it. Or you can just thank us and, uh, and pay us some money for just providing content. So if you want more, then that's the way to get it. Patreon.com forward slash triple takeover. And if you want even more, but in three dimensions and physical form, you can get official branded Triple Takeover merch from our lovely Rebel store. We've got aprons, t-shirts, tea coasters, all sorts of stuff. But you can find it all at rebel.com forward slash people forward slash Triple Takeover forward slash explore. Is this the year we finally get a file of facts? <laughs> we need the cutlery and the stationery. Cutlery. <laughs> it's gone from stationery to cutlery. Oh, man. I'm just imagining like little children's cutlery, you know, where it's got like the printed designs on yeah. the handles and things like that. But you know he'd use that as his cutlery. Like, yes. he wouldn't even... <gasps> How good a pencil with that, like... You remember, like, the kids' pencils, like the Transformers with that wrapping, but with triple takeover all the way down it? Imagine that. How cool would mm. that be? <gasps> stationery set. Be good for good for reviewing your toys, wouldn't it? You just smack it against your toys, and that's how you. That's that's the thing now, isn't it? What? What? You've not seen this? No. Oh come on! Where you'd call me the dinosaur Robo, and you're not up on the latest social media uh, memes and all of that. Japes, right? Exactly. You're not seeing all of this. There's a YouTube reviewer who shall remain nameless. He's one of one of the ones that always gets the early samples. You know, always like somehow, like did it fall off a a lorry kind of thing, or you know, one of those that always. I I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. The back of MP4 trailer. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. You said MP4 very good, Liam. Yeah. All (laughs) things have changed. New Year's resolution. That's that's called character development right there. But <laughs> anyway, he's one of these dudes. I don't care to speculate how they get these toys. You know, it is what it is. It's, you don't have to it, speculate, do you? Because it's clear as day. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's. I think people kind of get get the gig. But uh, anyway, he's. Um, I've never watched one of his videos. I shan't say his name, but I've never watched one of his videos. I hear a lot about him. I did see a clip of it someone posted, and it's been doing the rounds. He was... Um, testing the plastic quality i think was the thing and hitting it with uh it was one of the new studio series toys that's not even been announced yet and hitting it with a pencil going oh look this is crap it's just crap look at it and then he's like hitting it with other things as well talking about how bad the plastic quality is and it's sort of taken off to the point of ridiculousness so you will see various memes doing the rounds people posting all kinds of stuff about you know, hitting toys with things and to test the plastic quality and whatever. So that was that was where the pencil reference came in. I'll have to pencil in watching that later. Right. <laughs> Do it. Yeah, absolutely. Insert lead joke. I don't know. Glad to put some lead in your pencil. I don't know. It <laughs> <laughs> were. Get your heavy machinery on the go. <laughs> You're editing this one. You might just want to erase the last <laughs> three minutes of, of pointless okay. discourse. Yeah. Get us back on topic, Maz. Go on. So this is not going to be a, a comprehensive history lesson of Diaclone Car Robots. What? Well, it would just take too long. And also, we've talked about the origins of Diaclone in our Diaclone episode last year. And also we've talked about G1 cars a lot over the course of the podcast. So we're not going to start talking about diecast and the merits of these kind of Transformers toys compared to modern car robots or masterpiece. But rather we're going to talk about 
the Diaclone era of these releases and, and what makes those special and why is that appealing? How did you notice them? What do they mean to the community and, and what's it like to collect that kind of stuff compared to collecting G1? You know, where does it come from? But we should talk about the history of them as in like when they started. So the Diaclone car robots first came out in 1982. So a good two years before Transformers happened. And the first one, I'm sure you'll know, was the <laughs> Red Sunstreaker. Mm designed by Kojin Ono. And this dude was inspired by a Microman toy from 1978 called the Cosmo Contash, which was in the Microman command line. I don't know if you've ever seen this toy. It's a, it's a Lamborghini Contash, and the back half of it sort of transforms into a very robotic-looking mecha, but the front part remains a Contash. So it almost looks a little bit like a battle charger or a duocon. Okay. <laughs> so that's kind of what it looks like. And, and they had like a red and yellow one. And I think that's sort of credited as being one of the first Earth-based, recognizable, transforming car robot toys. And it was by Takara as well. So then he was inspired by that to create the Sunstreaker toy that we know and love for Diaclone. And that was two years into the Diaclone line. So that's about as history lesson-y as, as I want to get. I think it's interesting for me with uh, when I realized that Sunstreaker was the first one because I think you can totally see that it's the first one as well. Like when you know the toy, like I, I love Sunstreaker as a toy, don't get me wrong, and that's no knock on it. But to me, it, there is something about it that feels like an earlier version of some of the other car robots. Is that fair to say, do you think? Or do you not agree? As you're pulling the face. I definitely agree. And when I look at it, I think it looks different as well. Yeah, I agree. I do. Once you know he's the first, he looks like a toy from a different line. I think I just see him as that model. Right. Because then I look at Skids and I think Skids is that model and he's got his own quirks and Trailbreaker's that one and that's got its own quirks. But yeah, I mean, you look at Tracks and Smokescreen a little bit further down the line. Right. Yeah, they are different. But again, I, I didn't really see them as an evolution because we're only talking about six months to two years for the entirety of those molds coming out. Yeah, yeah. Because then you'd have to take something like Grapple and say that's the ultimate evolution of these Diaclone cars because that's pretty much the last one they released. I think it's just some little stylistic things on Sunstreaker that always set it apart for me. I mean, firstly, the, the fists feel very different to any of the other fists. They're just molded differently. You know, even the little connector, the way they go into the arm, feels different. Uh, Significantly to Grapple and Inferno? Or yeah. Hoist and Trailbreaker? I don't know. Yeah, maybe not so much to to hoist like a little bit, bit. Maybe I don't know, but there is just something about it to me that's always sort of felt a little bit apart. And I only say that is when I when I realised that it was the first one. I was like, huh, okay. Do you know what I mean? It kind of made sense somehow. I was really surprised to find out it was the first one. Genuinely, like properly surprised. I think Ratchet and Ironhide being at the beginning makes more yeah. sense to me. Yeah, because they're so obviously not robots, sentient robots, humanoid robots. Yeah, they're more of your obvious yeah. mecha, aren't they? That's the Absolutely. same. Piloted. Yeah. Yeah. It's a powered suit and a mobile base and just like a mini playset which needs its Dianauts. And yeah, so Dianauts, they came with tiny little figures, which were yet another evolution of like uh, Henshin Cyborg to then Microman and three three quarter inch size figures and then Inchmen which are these little diaclones. So they were just getting smaller and smaller as Takara, I think, kind of realized that the smaller these figures are, you know, they can actually sell more of them or that they could just be more successful. They require less um, less plastic. <laughs> and of course, I think one thing that a lot of, we heard it in the toys that made us and, and in the Wasi interview as well, is that the, the price of oil just spiked at that time. And so using less plastic construction in toys was, was definitely the way to go. 
and, and it wasn't so bad to include metal. So they came with Dianauts or Diaclone pilots or Diaclone drivers as they're called. And that's why your G1 Transformers cars, your Autobots had spaces for drivers. They had little seats, they had opening canopies. Like you think of Grapple and Inferno, the way that the front of that vehicle folds down and there's like a little seat and, and just mm. things like that. Roller from Optimus Prime. Ultra Magnus is chest wing. Grimlock. Grimlock is always the one to me, like the, the most standout one as a kid. Hmm. Yeah, so they came with little pilots, little magnetic pilots, which was part of Diaclone already for the previous two years. It's fair to say that when you finally have the pleasure of having one of those little pilots in hand and you plop them into some of these cars and things like that, it's like a real light bulb moment, isn't it? It's like a real, aha, this is actually what these toys were designed to do. I don't know. It was fascinating to me. Yeah, it's a sense of scale achieved as well, isn't it? Yeah. Like that it really it ties the room together. I was just going to say it ties it all together so beautifully. Do you have a vintage Diaclone pilot then? I do. Yeah, I've got a couple. A couple of little ones. Nice. Where would you get them from? One I had for ages, I think, and then uh, I got I think two more with um Raiden and things, a couple of yeah, Raiden of trains course, things. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to get a few more actually, vintage ones, because uh, I do really like them. I think they're super cool. But yeah, no, it, it, it just good fun to kind of put in some of the Do you know the one that got me actually was uh Inferno and Grapple because I remember as a kid realizing that you could fold the whole cockpit forward you know the yeah. whole kind of front of the truck and that you know clearly there was an inner working there and whatever and um i think that always struck me more than even like convoy or any of those guys optimus and i, I don't know just again putting a little pilot in there tons of fun it really is yeah and i think that's the one i remember from childhood too it's just why does that cab fold all the way down yeah i had magnus and never crossed my mind that it needed a pilot yeah. to make sense but that one definitely that's it it's just because it's such an obvious pull the whole thing forward and it's an additional action isn't it i was gonna say an additional piece of molding or whatever i wouldn't have thought of that as a kid but even as a kid you're aware of like huh i'm able to do something here and it seems to have no purpose so i don't know why i can do it yeah and then you start to notice the seats and things don't you trailbreaker and um hoist you remember the little flap oh yeah that was always i always remember that as a kid putting stuff in it like what's this for is you knew that it was for something but no idea what I think if I'd had tracks as a kid, that one would really have stumped me. Like, why does this car have an opening flap, a roof flap? Mm. Yeah. I actually did figure out as a kid that Magnus's head that you could put onto his little chest uh, yeah. thing. That's one that really surprises collectors a lot. Yeah. Now. Uh, obviously, I didn't know why, but I was like, huh, this is the thing. Like, it, and it fits so perfectly that I, I remember it distinctly. I remember being in my bedroom. I remember where I was, you know, and thinking, this is so weird. But, you know, Hey ho. But the thing is, I think what I find with Diaclone Car Robots is that the inclusion of the the little dudes is not what really draws people's attention to them in the first place. Initially, I know my attention was drawn to them because fundamentally it was the Autobot cars that I knew so well from decades past in different colours. Yeah. In, in really shockingly different looks. And it's like when you spent your whole life looking at Sideswipe in red because you've owned him since childhood and then you see it in yellow, suddenly it's like, whoa, <laughs> you know, how good does that look? And that was definitely my first collecting tangent as an adult after like buying stuff like, oh, I've never had a Jetfire, I've never had a Devastator. When I noticed those, that was all of a sudden all consuming at that time. I can totally understand that. I have that same, even now, that same appeal and even actually, I think that appeal carries over to other molds, more modern toys, you know, where you see like a modern tiger track or whatever, you still kind of get that 
oh, it's sideswipe, but in yellow. Mm. And um, I don't know. It, I, it's weird to say because it's a new toy, but it still has that same appeal as being somehow different. It's still exotic. Very it's still much so. about it. That's exactly. the word, man. Yeah, exotic is, is exactly mm. the descriptor. Yeah. Still, even though we know what it is, it's still there's still like a feeling of mystery and excitement and different, isn't it? Yeah, very different. Hundred percent, just different from the norm. Like you've you've seen so many blue skids over the years. So when a black one pops up, it's like ooh, you know mm-hmm. that new Dia Burnout masterpiece toy, for example, is just like hot AF. You know, is that MP fifty three plus B? <laughs> Don't. <laughs> it is. My God, the numbering. Yeah. Is that an equation? You just all <laughs> <laughs> right. They're trying to recreate pi, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it it all goes back to those days of Diaclone, really. And as you say, it's kind of got that exotic root, doesn't it? It's uh, it's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, you must recall that period of time when you started discovering all the different colors that existed pre Transformers. Red Sunstreaker was the one that I think everyone kind of knew because they were so available in North America as well that it was just on eBay all the time. It just felt like oh, there's another toy line that did a red sunstreaker. But then when you looked into it, you realized that's where Blue Blue Street comes from. And there's a yellow trailbreaker and a red tracks. And that's where red tracks comes from. And then powered convoy is a thing you learned about. And all of these discoveries one by one, then you look at it as a whole. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but there was a picture floating around for decades of a BotCon Japan show from the late 90s, where a very, very prominent Japanese collector had displayed his car robot collection Back in 1998 or something like that. And he had everything. Like back Mm. then he had everything. This is something that modern collectors have been trying for 20 years to recreate and are still not there. So this fella had a black tracks from Finland back in the 90s. Oh, wow. And he got it at that show that you were from that BotCon Europe show. So he'd brought right. it there. It did he? Oh yeah. yeah, I think you mentioned it before maybe. So that was that was known back then. There was it I thought the whole Black Tracks thing was no, more recent than that. No, it wasn't known where he got it from. He just said he had said and I quote it's not Diaclone and it's from Europe. Right. Because in his mind Diaclone was Japan. It was yeah. a Takara thing in Japan. It wasn't any of the foreign markets. And of course, he also had like chromed Fair Lady and Jazz toys, you know, the campaign prizes that of course yeah. we've now had eHobby re- reissues of. Mm. And uh, so that collection was on show and that was just like, um, I wouldn't be surprised if collectors had printed that image and stuck it up on their wall. I mean, it was that iconic an image to Diaclone collectors and variant collectors. And it was just an aspirational thing that people still chase today. And it's funny because nowadays it's probably harder than ever to achieve that yeah. because of the the competition and the financial requirement. And back in those days, back in the early 2000s when I started looking for them, they were the most affordable they'd ever been. But then you'd go on eBay and you'd type Diaclone and the first thing that Poxy eBay would tell you is, did you mean disc one? Because right. <laughs> it didn't know what you were talking about. And there were no listings. I mean, Paul and I still joke about, oh, do you mean disc one? Like when people uh, yeah, come up yeah. to him at his show and say, do you have any Diaclone? And all you'd get is like weird Lou Reed CDs or, or something like that. And you'd get maybe one listing a month of a Diaclone car. Nowadays, you go onto eBay, there's tons of Diaclone cars on there. They're crazy yeah. expensive. And most of them are just mirror listings that someone's found on a Japanese auction site. And there's like three duplicate Red Sunstreaker listings on eBay. Yeah, there's a lot of like some yeah. random launcher, isn't it, that pops up or something like that, or a fist and things, and it's like <laughs> loads of reference too. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. My favourite are the ones where it's actually the G1 Transformers colours, and they're like 
Diaclomage, like, yeah. are you sure? You never <laughs> let me <you're> like, <laughs> am I sure? If I was a Diaclomage buyer, would I be like going, oh, yeah, that's absolutely what that is? Oh, the, must be. Tons of that. Yeah. I mean, for a long time, those Transformers colours were super unpopular. You know, no one wanted those. So they were always like crazy affordable, really, really uh, all over the place. There were case finds of Italian versions, Japanese versions, and they wouldn't even touch like $150, $200 for totally case fresh unused for years. Now, even those ones, like a regular Mirage Diaclone, it's the same color as the Transformers one. It's going to break more easily. It's 800 euros. Mm. For that. And people are looking at that going, hmm, maybe I'll buy that this month. You know, it's an acceptable price now for something that wouldn't sell for 150 10, 15 years ago. Well, we, we, had, uh, we had the discussion uh, just this week, didn't we, with someone we know about um, who's out in Japan. And they were saying about, oh, is this a, a good price for a Japanese uh, Takara Prowl? And it's a Transformers Prowl. Yeah. And, and it was like, well, yeah, but do you want to pay more just for the box? I mean, it's the same toy ultimately in the cardboard. But I guess at least with Diaclone, you know, there's, there were some differences, weren't there? I mean, obviously, some of them had remolding and things sure. going into Transformers, yeah. didn't they? But I'm sure some of them must have been identical, apart from Autobot logos, maybe? I think there's probably something on all of them that, if they're unstickered, maybe something like Jazz would throw somebody. Yeah. Because like, if you don't know exactly what you're looking for, I would probably struggle to identify a Diaclone Jazz next to a pre-rub Jazz if the pre-rub didn't have any Transformers logos on it. It's quite hard to tell. Uh, but most of them have tells, you know. Yeah. And of course, they come with super working rocket launchers and they'll, they'll have a Dianaut pilot with them. And of course, the packaging for them is completely different to Transformers as well. You know, a lot of people collect Japanese G1 because they love the Styro inserts. And yeah. Of course, all the Diaclone cars came with Styro inserts and much more compact little boxes, sometimes really cool box artwork, sometimes just photographs of toys. Uh, it's funny because uh, Jonathan Ross was talking about that as well in his tour. He was like, he loved these old toys where there was artwork of the toy doing something crazy dynamic that the actual figure could not achieve oh, yeah. compared All to time. photographs of toys that you get on boxes now. But incidentally, most of Diaclone was photographs of toys yeah, yeah. instead of, especially the car robots, like a majority have like photographs and some have art. Transformers was the ultimate for that, wasn't it? All the drawings and things, the box art that they did was just... Pretty broadside. Yeah, it's super dynamic and then the toys are brick. So have you ever seen Chrome Dome's instruction sheet? Like, have you seen what the instruction sheet has Chrome Dome doing on the front? Turning his head, bending a knee, looking up <laughs> on that. Nah. Wow. Breakdancing. And of course, like Diaclone toys, uh, these Diaclone cars, they didn't have the names like Mirage and Sunstreaker and Ratchet, Prowl. All this was added by Hasbro and Marvel, you know, specifically Bob Budiansky. So back then, they weren't sentient robots. These were piloted mecha, piloted vehicles in the war between earth and the waruders now i sent you lads something this week didn't i to have have a little look at and i think it's perfect homework yeah homework so big shout out to to brian blackwell aka necronometron on twitter who translated the car robot the diaclone car robot manga from 1983 and he scanned it all in so there's six issues of this from 1983 called change squadron and it's the story of how the waruders sort of came to earth and wanted to usurp their free zone energy or free zone power uh, through the use of these Diaclone car robots. And what did you make of this comic? 
I really liked it. I like how much the scientist guy, the old man, looked like Dr. Light from Mega Man. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh my God, it's Dr. Light from Mega Man. Yeah. But yeah, it's great. It's really interesting, completely different to what we know. Yeah, it's super good fun, isn't it? I loved it. I mean, it's um, hilarious, can I say, in many, many ways. It just is. Some of the just giant, massive uh, speech bubbles with like, you know, electricity coming out of them and all of this. And just some <laughs> of the stuff they're kind of shouting as they're in battle, you know, free zone metallic charge and all of this. And it's, yeah, yeah. I don't know, it reads like a comic in the style of the Robots in Disguise 2001 cartoon. <laughs> you know, just constant right. like battle cries and shouting stuff. And and they say car robots throughout as well. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's the most powerful car robot, you know, and, and the new car robots go yeah, 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 yeah. and all of this. Car robot super change. I'm literally, this is just one page. This is just one page. <laughs> You're looking at it right yeah, I'm literally looking at it now. It's basically like they start off at this racing event, don't they, where this driver has just won the race in this souped up Lamborghini Contash and then all of a sudden aliens are attacking. <laughs> and he's like, what's ridiculous. going on? And his team boss is like, just get back in the car, press that button. The dialogue in the comic it is like a sound chip, isn't it? You know, from a toy. Like all of these lines, everything they yeah. say. Like, it's like someone is just pressing a sound chip and it's just generating dialogue for the comic. It really is. My favourite bit actually is where it's uh, it's the skids. It's the Honda City Turbo toy, uh, you know, that suddenly transforms. And, um, you know, the little pilot. What's his name? The little lad? Cujo? Something like that? No, hang on. It can't be Cujo because Cujo is a, the dog film. Yoku. Yoku. There we go. So yeah, the little lad, lad uh, Yoku, uh, when he's, uh, you know, he says, okay, let's transform or whatever. And the, the, it obviously turns into the robot mode that we would know as skids. And just the speech bubble or whatever says, car robot change. This model changes from Honda City Turbo to City Robo in just 0.2 seconds. And it's like... That's an well, advert. <laughs> it, it really is. It just, but it has, again, it's got that kind of early Marvel transformers vibes to it as well of just like we've got to advertise toys lads you know yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and i love it i love it i really like that bit that you pointed out yesterday where he he first gets in the vehicle and the dude's yelling at him press that button you can fight them and he's like what it's a car and then he turns yeah. it into a robot and he goes oh what does this button do and he fires off the fists and he goes yeah a rocket fist oh now i'm out of fists yeah <laughs> some more fists yeah and then there's like the shoulder rockets and everything. But did you notice like the progressive issues of this are basically the, the aliens attacking like, oh no, they're, they're cast turned into robots. We must rethink this. Okay, now we're going to send these guys. Oh no, they've used this other laser. Oh, we better rethink this. And then they go back every time and then they send their own impervious robot, which somehow the Earth forces realize that just below his neckline, his collar is his weakness. Yeah. So then they destroy that and it goes back to, oh, right. This time, he doesn't have a collar. <laughs> it just goes in full impervious armor. It's one-upping each other. It's six hilarious issues. to see, actually, how close in some ways it flies to some of, again, to some of the Transformers fiction, because it's that whole kind of, oh, the good guys have got some tech, while the bad guys are going to replicate it and use yeah, it yeah. for their own nefarious deeds. You know, it's, By Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, you've got new massive humanoid shells with organic exosuits or whatever. We're going to do the same thing, but turn them into monsters. You know, it's, it's that kind of... It's uh, very headmasters and targetmasters, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so The rebirth, well, that's exactly yeah. what happens in the show, isn't it? They're like, they've got headmasters, we better have them too. It absolutely is. Yeah, exactly. It's, none of this makes any sense. It, none, of it, none of it makes sense, but it's brilliant. And yeah, I absolutely yeah. thoroughly enjoyed it. And can I say, it was great fun, actually. I really kind of got into the idea that these were non-sentient robots. Mm. So, yeah. How good was the art? Like, there's oh. one splash of the Fair Lady Z, the blue streak. 
which is just beautiful, isn't it? It's just that mm. when it first appears as a robot. Yeah, so the main um, protagonists are like the Sunstreaker, the Contash Robo, and then you've got the Skids, the Honda City, the City Robo, and then the Fair Lady Zed, the Blue Streak, gets a fair run in a few of the issues. And then we get the the Trailbreaker, the four-wheel drive Hilux. Mm. And then we finish off with, you know, the all-conquering, what was it? You said it was like a silver Fair Lady Zed four-wheel racer. Silver. It's basically yeah. a smokescreen in silver. Yeah, love the idea. I have to say that artwork is gorgeous when yeah. Smokescreen first appears and then uh, when it changes into into the robot mode, stunning, absolutely yeah. ridiculously good art. It's amazing seeing those toys, you know, in that kind of art because yeah. we've seen, like, you had Ladybird books, didn't they, where they based it on the toys, but it looks yes. very different to this, just seeing them in motion like that and moving about. And even one of the panels, one of the Datsuns was drawn like the box art, wasn't it? Yeah. It's that same pose. That's right, yeah. When, when it's doing all the like stats, like this is what this part of the yeah. figure does. Did you notice that the driver is 14 years old? The kid is 14. That's every Japanese anime. It's all the Gundam. <laughs> it's always they're all like five years old or whatever. It's always weird little things. What's he doing racing a Lamborghini? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so many questions. Yeah, you know. But that gave story to to these toys. You know, you can compare that to Marvel Comics and uh, having a, a fully fleshed out cartoon Actually, I don't know if you should describe the Sunbow cartoon fully fleshed out. But yeah, so there was some fiction. And when you bought the Diaclone car robots, that you know, they typically originally just came with catalogs of what's, or just a sheet, what's this toy with like the technical specifications of like, say, the Red Sunstreaker. And then on the back, there would just be an advert for the other toys that are coming out. But eventually, like the later releases started coming with more comprehensive catalogs with like the Diaclone story. You know, which talks about the dinosaur robots and the triple change robots and the insectors and the warudas and stuff. So it became a lot more of a, again, to use that phrase, fleshed out release. But to begin with, it was pretty sparse. You know, it was like, you got the car, you got the parts, and you got a little sheet and some stickers. Now sod off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's interesting though. But it's it's fair to say, isn't it, that actually, just kind of going back a step maybe, but the packaging hmm. and all the paperwork and stuff is a fair deal for a lot of Diaclone collectors, right? Oh, huge, yeah. Like, you know, obviously we're saying, yeah, well, not why, but, oh, yeah, you would pay a lot more for a Diaclone Mirage and it's going to break more easily than you would for a Transformers one. But it's probably worth just tapping into because I'm sure some people just won't get this point, but yeah. it's worth, isn't it, exploring why that is and what the difference is even though the toy itself maybe doesn't have that many physical differences it's something about the kind of actual state of it in the packaging isn't it and the whole kind of um what's the word i'm looking for prestige prestige i I was gonna say prestige yeah yeah that's always been a word that's been associated with diaclone sometimes positively sometimes uh detrimentally to be honest because it's seen it's always always been seen as an elitist pursuit Mm. Even back in 2001, when people were buying G1, Diaclone was considered expensive and rare, even though by today's standards, you know, like unused Diaclone back then cost less than a a used G1 car today sometimes, you know? So it's always had that image to it. And yeah, because a lot of people look at it and say, well, what are you really paying for? Mirage is a good example because Mirage's box doesn't have artwork. It's on the front. It's just got a picture of the robot mode. And then you see the car from the side in the styro packaging. Very, very typical styro layout for a for a Diaclone or, or Japanese Transformer. But then on the top of the box and the bottom of the box, you have really cool stuff. You've got super awesome artwork of the Mirage car with uh, like a cutaway showing the inner workings of it. 
And on the under, underside of the box, you've got like a top elevation, a side elevation, and a front view. Again, you know, like technical specifications and numbers and details. And on the back, it's like uh, cross cells. And I remember scanning this art for the legacy book. So you can actually see some of this stuff, like the, the side swipe box and the jazz box, because they are really beautiful. There's some lovely artwork on the top and the bottom and the back of these boxes, even though the front doesn't necessarily show that off. And of course, they're all really standardized sizes, so they stack beautifully. Mm. But yeah, a lot of it is prestige, knowing that you have in your collection the very first ever use of the Mirage mold or the jazz mold or the Fairlade yeah. mold. So yeah, that's an element to it as well. But also colors are why people chase them, like, really. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you do see, don't you, some incredible collection photos. There was one we saw recently, but, you know, sort of all the cars stacked. Super satisfying seeing all the boxes lined up like that, just because it's not the same thing, of course, in terms of collecting, but it's still sort of that masterpiece car vibe, isn't it, where you see all the cars, For sure, yeah. all, all the boxes stacked in that same way. I really think they kind of tapped into that a bit with Masterpiece in that way, which is very clever. But then, I mean, you see some collections, don't you, with like people have got like six wheel jacks and stuff like that. It's just mad. That is mad. Uh, but I mean, I remember discovering that some Italian collectors were going for like what they call the final display, which was a boxed version, a loose robot and a loose car. Mm. And when you're talking about something like uh, Marlboro Lancia, which is the, the Marlboro wheel jack that we now know as exhaust. So that's a completely exclusive Japanese Diaclone color scheme on the G1 wheel jack toy. It's like a Marlboro cigarette packet as a car with a unique head sculpt as well, which you can all see now in Masterpiece Exhaust and Generation Select. He had three of those. And back in 2011, that was like a, a multiple thousand dollar exercise just for that one toy. And this dude had done it for all the cars. And you just thought to yourself, what are you doing? You know, what is your end game? Well, the dude's opened a museum now. So I guess that right. was his yeah, end yeah. game. Who got the last laugh there then? <laughs> oh, but then people come along later, which do that with like, they have six boxed examples. And you think like, yeah. what are you doing? Why? Why have you spent like approaching $50,000 on that one figure? And then they yeah. do it for all the other ones too. And that's kind of sometimes where the, the bad rep for Diaclone collecting comes from. Because it's such a high entry price that sometimes the people who can get into it are, are really wealthy and they go to those sort of lengths to stand out in the community. Yeah, I see a lot of uh, multiples. I see that as being like a real uh, a real thing. And yeah, There are a lot of variations though, like yeah. loads of variations. I, I remember I used to have something like five box Diaclone Mirages because they were all different. Like one of them had, you know, Satans on the side. One of them said Ligier on the side. One of them had a sticker that said Ligier. One of them came in a different Italian box. One of them came in a Finnish box. And one of them was the Justra with just the incredible exclusive Justra artwork, which is totally exclusive. So sometimes the multiples that you're looking at, you may not notice like the window cut is different from one release to the next. And people collect those variants as well. It's a variations minefield. Just the car robots in Diaclone. Mm, yeah, interesting. I've got to tell you that Marlboro wheeljack that's uh, exhaust or whatever. You know, that's the kind of thing that would definitely appeal to me more. Just because it's so unique, you know, it's just so so different. It's always been special. Yeah. It's always been special. I remember people thought it was a fake the first time people started sharing pictures. There's a Dutch collector called uh, Devi who used to have a web page. Yeah. He advertised it. And one of our listeners, uh, Anthony uh, mm. from TFU, he, he's had one for absolutely years. So, man, it's just one of those things where you just wish you'd gotten into it at the time. Yeah. Because it's so, so inaccessible today while it's so much more available today. So like you're talking about our friend going off to shops in Japan and posting pictures, like 
it's not like clone car robots in a number of the stores. Yeah. And, you know, they, they are available, but they're just priced so obscenely now because they can, you know. Yeah. Well, that's the nature of it, isn't it? So, uh, and like Blue Blue Streak and all of those sorts of things that I think would be desirable to a kind of lower tier of, I don't want to say lower tier sounds terrible, and I'm including myself in that lower tier. Do you know what I mean? I don't mean lower tier in terms of anything other than budget, I guess. It's always been about budget, always. Yeah, they would be appealing, but the level they're at, forget it. Yeah. Can you imagine people spending $300 on a Transformers toy back in 2001? Like, that would have been weird for most people. Mm. And yet, that's what Diaclone collectors were paying at the time for that exhaust, or a Blue Blue Streak, or a Police Sunstreaker, which is the real standout for me, that one. But it's always been like most people wouldn't pay that for toys back then. And it's always just inflated with people's increasing age, budget, and disposable income. Like today, people pay multiple hundreds for Generations toys. Mm. You know, they, they paid it for HasLab like three times in the space of four years. And yet they, these may have been the same collectors who 20 years ago would have said, you are crazy for spending $250 on a toy which is the same as a Transformer yeah. but in a different box. So it's just, it's relative. I think it is relative and it all depends what your collection's about at the end of the day, doesn't it? Because if you're all about Diaclone, for example, and that's the focus, you know, you were saying about liquidating, you know, you'd have to liquidate your whole collection or whatever and what that would get you in terms of Diaclone. But that would be a choice, wouldn't it? You'd be prioritizing one aspect over all the others and saying, actually, no, this is what I'm going after. And it's not as immediate, I guess, the kind of collecting thrills, because you're not going to get like however many figures, you know, toys people pick up in a year or whatever it is, you know, like if you're collecting G1, there's a lot that you can kind of hoover up fairly quickly at a low budget price. And you get that kind of immediacy of like, oh, I got a jump starter, I got this, that, the other. Hmm. There isn't really that in, in Diaclone as such, is there? There's not that sort of entry level kind of tier, if you like. You're sort of immediately going in at a a higher level of, of spending and budget. And yeah, and competition. And competition, right. There's fewer of these items out there because they're exclusive to a region, mostly. And then there's so many more people who will pay more for, more than you think they will for a particular yeah. quality, even if it's used. Like used stuff. But if you decided today that you were going to do it, you'd have to wait ages to find an opportunity. You'd have to wait for someone to sell up and you'd be there first because you're not going to win auctions straight away unless you just massively overspend because there are yeah. people currently in diaclone car robot collecting who will buy anything they see on auction just to be the one to have it to have control of the market and to be able to say if you want this figure you know i'm going to win it with my budget and then if you've got something i need you trade it to me for this thing that you need they almost hold it ransom or they make sure they're the one to win it at the highest price then they flip it in their u.s Facebook store or at conventions for for more. And they are the ones who dictate who have it, how much does it go for. And you have to somehow try to find a way of weaseling in between this established forces to build a collection. And it's really, really difficult. And it's very off-putting for a lot of people. And it's it's almost a shame that this is the the veneer that people will see. This is the shop window that people will see instead of everything that is super cool about buying these toys. Mm, yeah, that is a shame. It's always well beyond anything I've even ever considered buying. For those sort of reasons, it's just so expensive. It's so far removed from what I'm interested in. I love the designs, and if they were affordable, I'd love to have them. But because I know the price and sort of the amount that goes into it, it's never even just occurred to me, oh, yeah. look for one of these or anything like that. It's just straight away, it's automatically just off there. So when they see a picture of it, that's nice, and then move on. <laughs> that's why eHobby reissues were fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah. Those exclusives we got through eHobby because it allowed people to own them at an affordable price, brand new, 
with the Transformers take. Yeah. One of the things I've always loved is I get to enjoy them through like your photos and articles and talking to you about them. So I get to enjoy them actually in a different way as I ever would have owning them because I get to hear the history of your excitement for them. Whereas for me, it's just like, oh, it's just a yellow sideswipe. I'm very, very much in that camp. Of, no, it is. But I get to enjoy it through you. Yeah, but don't knock that. I mean, that's where my interest came from originally. I, I never collected Darkland as a kid. I, I saw that as, ooh, yellow sideswipe. Isn't that mm. wicked? I want that. And then I learned about the other things through other collectors. But yeah, my interest came from the same angle as yours initially. Like my favorite thing about Diaclone is the adverts. I adore those adverts. It's like all the scenery. Everything. <laughs> oh, the car robot adverts, man. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, it's just something that it just feels like you're saying, oh, it's not elitist sounds bad, but it's just, it's a different category of collecting from them, from where I'm at. I would say. Yeah. And, and I think the people who have been long-term, super long-term diaclone collectors, I don't think they see themselves as elitist. It's just what they collect. It, this, these people were collecting yeah. them long before I knew what the word diaclone meant, you know? Yeah. It's become very impenetrable for someone who's not been immersed in it, anything like that. It's very difficult to break into. Yeah, I could see that. I suppose what I will say is that some of it actually is not as, um, it's not as off limits as I initially would have imagined it is. And I don't mean that in terms of the toys and buying the toys. I just mean in terms of understanding what some of the toys are about or oh, sure, information. Yeah, yeah. You know, because you do you do approach it, I think, initially and you're like, oh my God, you know, there's, there's how many versions of the the Honda mold and you know, and it's it's all seems a bit daunting in terms of all this information. Yeah, it's just a few facts. Like yeah, exactly. That's, you're absolutely right. Like we we are in a, a chat with a lot of our friends from the UK who we go to the pub with, and I could show them like the arm of a micron, and they'll tell me, yeah, that came out in these countries and it was released then, and and they have all the facts oh, about all. And they quite find it quite funny that I discover that something I like has fifty repaints, and they laugh at me because they know I'm going to buy them all. <laughs> but then they won't know the name of that particular diaclinary. It's like wait, which one was Prowl? Is it number 17 or 13 or what? And I'm like, well, I think if you just spent an afternoon and you were super interested, you'd learn it all because it's it's finite and it's just facts. Yeah, it's not that it's, many yeah. toys, actually. No, right. It's, it's very easy, to, I think, to get into sort of the history of it and what the toys are because there aren't that many, you know, it's not that vast. But it is the money. The collector side of it feels very impenetrable. Yeah. And scarcity. Yeah. Another major thing is scarcity. Like you could go five years and not see a particular variant. It's just not turned up. That's why one collector, when he saw a photo in a Japanese storefront of a Diclone Black Skids, the Black City Turbo, uh, he got on a plane the next day, flew to Japan to buy it because he knew I may not see this for another half decade. And when I do, it's going to go for multiple thousands. I mean, that is a toy that I bought. I bought a Black Skids for like 60 quid mm-hmm. i spotted it on a chinese auction site and i just thought is that, is that what i think it is and you know people weren't as in the know about every single site like every a lot of collectors know Taobao now but back then they didn't and mm-hmm. i just thought i'll just give it a go i'll give it a punt for 60 quid and lo and behold i owned probably the rarest iclone car for for a year or two mm-hmm. and it was a wonderful thing and you uh, sold it for more than 60 quid i guess oh my goodness yes <laughs> I sold it for an embarrassing amount of money because I could. And I realized that if I liquidated that, I could put a massive chunk of money down towards our first property in the future. And I could take my family on a two week holiday to an island, which they'd never forget. And we've never forgotten it. And it's brought us much more comfort than that Darkland Black Skids ever was. And if I'm making you believe that, I'm doing a great job because my God, I miss that Black Skids. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing about selling them for that amount of money, though, when you've got those memories. Part of it is knowing 
it's going to be so difficult to get that again. Yeah, that, you're never going to get it at that price again that you got it for. It's always going to be expensive. So exactly, it's like having a it's like having a train ticket or something that you, once you jump off the train, you're never ever going to be able to get back on it again. Hmm. This is it. You know, you've got to really want to sell that. And to be honest, I mean, I get that sometimes now with some sales and things where you where you sell something and you're like oh man, I really shouldn't have done that. You know, and you do kind of get that sense of regret. I can't even imagine with some of this stuff, honestly. It's like another level. Yeah, the biggest shame about it is that it's all so cool. And we should probably focus on on that element of it a lot more because yeah, the conversation naturally drifts to price and scarcity when it comes to this stuff. But what is it that makes it cool? I mean, I've got on my list of things to talk about today, notable variants. So we've mentioned exhaust already, the marble wheeljack. What else really stands out to you from Diaclone Car Robots exclusives that are just amazing? I mean, Blue Blue Streak is the one, right. isn't it? That's yeah, like, absolutely. you know, straight off the bat. Yeah. That for sure. I was going to say Black Skids for me is right up there. In but a lot of people of... don't know that that's a Diaclone toy. Now they do. Yeah. But, you know, rewind five years. Was there yeah. a silver one? Because I yep. saw it in the comic when he mentioned the silver one. That genuinely... Crosscut. Cross oh, sorry. Uh, smoke screen. Was there a silver smoke screen? Oh, right. No. There was a... He mentioned sing- that in the comic, and that really threw me. I was like, I've never seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They might have been planned because there was a gold smoke screen, yeah. uh, an all-chromed gold prize, and it was a prototype of a prize. So they never actually ran the campaign that someone could win, but they did create the toy, and that was on display in a shop in Japan for a few years, and a collector bought it for a hideous amount of cash and then sold it for many many magnitudes worse hideous amount <laughs> but yeah so one is out there and it's a it's a diaclone smoke screen gold plated uh, gold chromed and it is as incredible as you imagine it to be that is in the u.s collection now or was so yeah that one exists maybe they planned a silver one too mm. uh, yeah i guess some of the other ones that i would think of i mean tiger track is the obvious one as you said yeah uh, red sunstreaker in some ways it's the ones that you can't get as an e-hobby that probably stick out even more you know yeah, so, yeah. so police you know, sunstreaker cordon yeah that is now called is is really hard to find out of course they're yellow and there's probably very few unyellowed versions of that toy out there now yeah i think for that reason the ones that really stick out to me are yeah so exhaust yeah good to give him his transformers names blue blue streak police sunstreaker red sunstreaker uh black skids cartoon blue streak Yep, black yeah. hooded fair lady. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool one. Which is actually more scarce than the blue blue streak, funnily enough. Yeah, it's, it's probably the the one that gets the less press, but it is uh, it's probably harder to find one of those than a blue fair lady. There's all like there's always a blue blue streak for sale somewhere. Like there's one that's been circling Japanese auctions for like a year now because it's priced like obscenely. Yeah, I think, I think it's like 180,000 yen or something. But that's the thing. Like I own one of those, and now that I look back on when I bought it back in 2020. I had no right to win that at the price I did because I looked at all the ones either side of it and they were insane. But that one, that week, I don't know what happened. It was just available. And it's the same way I got a yellow trailbreaker and a battle convoy, the original Optimus Prime back in 2015 or 2014. I think I bid on Christmas day and no one else had bid. And I got a yellow trailbreaker, the cartoon blue streak and prime for under 500 quid shipped as a lot, all boxed. And that was like, did that really happen? But yeah, it's like it this random occurrences between years of inaccessibility. You just got to be on it all the time. It's got to be a primary focus. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Is the requirement of because of the scarcity of this stuff. Like, can you imagine if 
I don't know, you check daily, let's say, for some auction listings. You've got all the different sites that you check. I mean, you know, mm. you, you, we know some of this. We know some of what this kind of life is like. But you check all of these different sites in Japan or wherever every day. And then one day, you're just like a bit hungover or whatever. And you're like, yeah, sod it, not today. And that's the day that like... Right. The, the thing that you're looking for for years pops up. Of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine how annoying that would be. But it's great that it still happens. There's always a chance that you'll find one at a thrift shop. Yeah. You know, you might find one in a UK charity shop. It's possible. I said in the in very early episode, there was a, an old couple who had a sealed stepper. I could see their home from outside my window in North London. Oh, yeah, and it just been sat there for 30 plus years. It can and will happen repeatedly. These toys... I mean, they imported them into the US as well, Japanese Diaclone. There are shops, I think, in California which had Japanese Diaclone cars, and that's where some people bought them. Somebody found, uh, was it the Redstone Streaker Diaclone in a thrift store in America? Was it last year or the year before? Oh, that's going to happen loads. It was released in America. Yeah, someone found a box one because it was all over Twitter. It must have it been like a couple of years ago. And I just remember being like, wow, that's an amazing find. I'm pretty, it was either the police on the streaker or the Redstone streaker, but I remember it was in a box, completely stuffed, because at first I thought, there's no way you've just found that. <laughs> they had loads of photos of him picking it up off the shelf, like very excitedly, like some obscenely low price as well. Yeah. Like, oh, I dream of days like that, honestly. I dream of it. Pretty sure I've had that dream of just like walking into a random store and it's like, it's all here. <laughs> Never happens. Is that not what happens to you when you walk into your spare room? Just for It's all here. It's all of Transformers. Yeah, not all of Diaclone, though. <laughs> this week. The Transformers will return after these messages. Right, well, it's that time for the bit of the pod where we're going to talk about our sponsors. And first up, as ever, we've got tfsource.com. Check them out for all your Transformers and third-party needs. And we're going to have a little look at what they've got in stock or available for pre-order right now. What's caught your eyes, gentlemen? I'm going to go for Terran Twitch Deluxe Class Transformers Earthspark. Ooh, Earthspark, eh? Uh, So it's Twitch. It's the drone. Right. And I don't know whether it's because the product photography has a white picket fence and a barn in the background. <laughs> it's really it just looks so good. Yeah. And the drone mode is basically it's this mix between laser beak, thrust, and shockwave. Right. It's just really cool looking. And you know, I've only seen the first two episodes of Earth Spark at this point, but I really liked her in the show. And I loved her modes as well. And the toy looks excellent. It really does, actually. I really, yeah. Uh, do you know what? It's funny. I hadn't seen the alternate mode at all, uh, the pictures of the toy. And now that I've just looked at it, I'm like, that actually looks great. Yeah. So much character in the robot mode as well. Yeah. And I've just noticed the old shockwave eye is right slap bang on her belly. <laughs> so that's really nice. Yeah. Too. Really nice looking toy. That's uh, full of character. I like that. Yeah. Really into that. Uh, I really want to watch the rest of her spark. Got to get on with that. Same. What about you, Liam? Uh... I am currently looking at the studio series 89, Thundercracker, which is from the Bumblebee movie. Oh, right. Yeah, the blue one. Yeah, it's a pretty fun mold. I love those Bumblebee designs. They're like my favorite modern Transformers because they just fuse vintage designs with something new and different. Yeah. So yeah, he's pretty cool. It looks great. Yeah, they've done a few versions of that. And they, I saw they'd done a, a green one, Thrust, was it? Yeah, Thrust. Thrust, yeah, with a little pointy cone head. Right. Did quite like that. Yeah. Yeah. Our friend of the pod, Jason Wagner, sent me the star screen for my birthday, which is excellent. That's very Thank nice. you to him. Very grateful. Well done, Jason. Yeah. Lovely, lovely chap, is old Jason, isn't he? I'm just wondering why we haven't seen a Skywarp yet. Oh, Jason's the best, by the way. Yeah, Jason's absolutely the best. Magnificent beard. Yeah. Terrible Irish accent. 
<laughs> oh my god, that was a highlight of TFN though. I haven't laughed that hard in years. Listening to this thick Scottish accent trying to do an Irish accent, absolutely brilliant. Well, yeah, okay, fantastic. Well, I may as well share with you mine, which I've completely forgotten what it is. Uh, but oh no, no, it's on the main page. It's uh, I was going to choose the old um, uh, fans hobby, uh, their new uh, naval commander, Power Commander. Power Commander. Yeah, I quite like the name, Power Commander. Tis brilliant. Yeah, it looks terrific. Oh, the, the fans hobby lobby are back. Oh, yeah. with good reason, man. Oh, yeah, with very good reason, indeed. Uh, looks terrific. I've actually got it sat right next to me in box. I shall be checking it out soon. Just a few things to to tie up before uh, yeah, cracking on with that. But, uh, yeah, just beautiful, honestly. And this is such a great toy anyway. Those really colours. Yeah. Your pictures of it, Maz, have been terrific. I had a lot of fun with it. And I love the Minicon, even though it's just as infuriating <laughs> as the yeah. previous colour. But it looks so good in gold. Yeah. Was that Corona spark plug? Yes. Yeah. And of course, now I've got all the, the Micron booster, so I've just littered it with Armada Minicons. I'm like, yeah, now I'm doing it right. I saw that, yeah, with him like wearing a car on his chest and things like that, on his uh, shoulder or whatever. <laughs> you could cover him in Lambos. You could just wear Lambo armor. Actual cobra. Yeah. <laughs> well, why not? Just stick yeah. a load of cars on there, isn't it? Brilliant. True. Cool. Well, that's what's in stock or available for pre-order at Tier Source uh, right now, so do check them out. Let's move over to Kapow. Uh, what's caught your eyes here, lads? Right. Okay. Uh, I think I've picked this before for TF Source, but I'm actually really happy to see it on Kapow as well because um, for some of our listeners, that's going to be a lot easier to get hold of. And it's the Diaclone DA94 Waruda Legion. I've got to say this right, Vajra. Oh, yeah. You have picked this before. Yeah. So this thing is you just... You Vajra. I initially wasn't so keen because it had like this really demonic horned head, but then there's <sighs> the the mode where it's just this winged, massively long 21-centimeter beast. And it just looks insane. And it's in dark cathode colors, which is the best colors. All right, the, it looks amazing. That big, long moth mode with the huge tail or whatever. Oh, that's looks, wonderful. I'm just in awe of it. Honestly, I can't wait for this thing to arrive. Those, All of those Waruda's, cheeky as they may be, yeah. have just been so beautiful. And yeah. just to do in f- photographs and things, it's just a dream. Yeah. The powerful final form mode, which is composed of huge wings and destructive weapons and limb unit parts, realizes a volume that surpasses the first series Waruda Legion Ripper. I mean, with a promo like that, how could you say no? Yeah, I, I love everything you just said. Plus horns. All right, mate. Well, yeah, that's a good choice. How about you, Liam? I'm going with Dr. Wu Energy Dragon, which is a tiny, tiny triptychon. Love it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That does look cool. So good. It's so little, even if it's got all the modes and fast track as well, isn't there? A little tiny fast track. It, it looks a little bit like a gopher, may I say. Like <laughs> Can you connect uh, with Scramble City leaders? They should have called it Gordon. That's what they should have called it. Yeah. Gordon the gopher. Right. And, and everyone would have gotten that. Yeah. Energy Gordon. I would have. That's all that matters. Could have a Ed the Duck version. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. Can you connect your Scramble City guys? Uh, I'm not sure. I would possibly guess it might be a bit of a stretch. Yeah, I think so. Probably. He does look great. I like his yeah. little uh, city mode and things like that. He even comes with a little fast track. Yeah, that's what I mean. It just looks cool. It's got a really fun style to him as well. That city mode is excellent. Yeah. All right. It's not even as big as one of the tiny rocks it's photographed on. <laughs> yeah, who's living in that? There's even got little tiny knee guns in there as well. Yeah. In the city mode. Cool. 
Brilliant stuff. All right, I'm going to go a bit off-piste. I'm going to choose the Transformers times G.I. Joe, Bumblebee, or Striker and Stalker mashup. Mm. And uh, this is just purely on the back of me having only just recently received the um, the Megatron, the His Tank Megatron, and I'm just in, in love with it. I think it's brilliant, honestly. Are you in awe of it? I'm in awe of it. Yeah, it is. Yes, His. Uh, but I don't... <laughs> I don't know what to say about it, really. I'm looking at it right now. You sound like a vajra when you hiss. No comment. I'm moving swiftly <laughs> on from that, I can tell you. My God, Liam's embarrassed. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> He's just embarrassed by what you just said now. But, it's a rare occasion where I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> He's blushing, bless him. Um, but no, I, I don't know what to say about this Megatron, really, because, do you know, I heard so many complaints about it before I got it in hand. People were like... That's unlike Transformers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Transformers fans... Didn't like it necessarily. But I had lots of people going, oh, it's all hollow and oh, all of this. It's great. Honestly, it's good fun to transform. Well, isn't that because there's a Megatron in him? There is. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a bit um, shell formery. It's fair it to say. It has to seat a person, though. So it has to be hollow for the person to fit yeah. inside the cockpit. That's the thing. I think what people are kind of missing is that when it's in its his tank mode, it's like a perfect replica of a G.I. Joe toy as a G.I. Joe toy is. You know, and it's got it's the same exact scale as the as a G.I. Joe his tank toy. It looks like one as well, other than the fact that you can kind of see a bit of the robot mode feet. But they've done a remarkably good job. And I think the Bumblebee looks the same. And it looks honestly stunning in robot mode as well. And because it's the scale for G.I. Joe figures with all the O-rings and that, it fits Blooming Action Masters as well. So you can have a little mini Megatron piloting a big Megatron <laughs> That was a great photo. Yeah. I was just honestly like having the best time, and uh, yeah, so I can't wait for more of that with Bumblebee. And there's rumours of a sound wave happening now as well. Yeah. So uh, dead into that, love it. I keep seeing the Bumblebee in my local Forbidden Planet, the Striker. Oh, they've got one in the window, and every time I walk past it, I'm getting more and more drawn to it. Yeah, I I've, I just think if you like GI Joe, which I do, yeah, it's great. Honestly, so so that's mine. So yeah, do check them out. Uh, Kapowtoys.co.uk and tsource.com. And uh, thank you very much to both of those for sponsoring the pod, as always. We now return to the Transformers. The first half of the episode was very much talking about the rarity and the cost of entry and like sort of the the mythology around these Diaclone car robots. But for anyone listening who doesn't actually know what they include. We should do like a little uh, rundown of, of actually what was the, the toy line. In Japan, there was Red Sunstreaker and Police Sunstreaker. You had a Ratchet, which is still an ambulance, and white and red. But you also had a Black Ironhide, which has now seen release as, is it DK2 Guard or DK3 Guard? One of those two. Something like that, yeah. Then you had uh, Trailbreaker, which came next. Uh, and that was available in black with yellow stickers on the side that never made it anywhere else apart from Japanese Diaclone, but also in blue, which we've now had as DK2 Breaker, I think, in Generation mm. Selects. And you've got a yellow Trail Breaker, which is probably the most eye-catching difference in most of the Diaclone car robots. Have you guys ever seen the yellow vintage Diaclone Trail Breaker? Well, in, in pictures, not in hand. Yeah, photos. Yeah. This thing is gorgeous. Absolutely. I mean, it's got real strong nacho cheese energy, you know, <laughs> with, with this red highlights and stuff, but it, it's really fantastic. And that's a super desirable one, obviously, because it's so far removed from anything Transformers-y. Then you've got the, what we now know as the crosscut and reboost mold of skids. That came first. It came in red and silver. 
And then we had uh, Hoist, which came in blue and red in Diaclone in Japan. And then in foreign countries, we also had it in green and it had the Wrecker text on the side. Then after that, uh, we had Blue Streak. And this is where the blue Blue Streak comes from. The first release of this toy ever was in blue and silver. And that's where the artwork for it comes as well, because that, that particular release in Japan had artwork. And it was the blue Blue Streak artwork that we have on Transformers Blue Streak boxes and is really the start of the myth. And of course, you get the black hooded one in the cartoon one. I always thought it was really fascinating that situation with, uh, you know, the different colors of Blue Streak and everything. And just the fact that actually you never got a cartoon accurate toy in the Transformers toy line. It's like just a weird situation. I, I find it really fascinating that you had the blue one that informed the box art that we never got in Transformers and you had the silver and black one. Uh, the grey and black one or whatever, that informed the cartoon that we also never got in Transformers. And the fact that the Transformers line made up its own toy that was a reference to nothing. It's, just <laughs> a, it's, it's sort of, I don't know, I don't know how it goes, not that wrong, because it's a beautiful situation. But and it, I guess in many ways, all of the confusion that you've had for the next 40 years all spins out from that, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's crazy because it just becomes a myth, doesn't it? And- yeah. A legend, and then you obviously got the Takara reissue of the was it was it Noncore where you got the anime streak or was that the Transformers collection? It was collector's edition, yeah, e hobby. Yeah, uh, yeah, which is beautiful, uh, and that's sort of finally done then, isn't it? But even then, that's different to the Diaclone. Yeah, it, it, it's just I don't know. It's hilarious to me how that sort of stuff happens, and it's weird that it's Blue Streak of all characters as well, where he feels like such a, a minor character in the scheme of Transformers, like in, in the cartoon. But that toy mm. is this whole history behind the, those toys. It's so legendary and it's sod's law that it's the one character with a color in his name because like, <laughs> yeah. if it was any other like if it was ratchet or save it know, for the mini sode man there's so yeah, much material I mean, we've yeah. talked about it on there with it yeah, yeah as we all know it's because it, he talked really fast it could not, nothing to do with the toy being blue or save it. Save save it. It. but you know that's another reason why people love these toys it's because of the transformers connection like Sure, we've talked about Yellow Trailbreaker or like Black Skids, but a lot of people simply don't care about those variants. But they care about Blue Blue Streak, yeah, and they care about like something like Blue Swoop. That connection, isn't it? Yeah, the Transformers connection to yes. it. It's the history of those characters you love and those toys and what they were actually like. And with that one, there's a con- real connection in a different way to any of the others. I think. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, absolutely. It so certainly true. is what it is for me. Yeah. I mean, why has Battle Convoy become the most rare and expensive new Diaclone toy? Because it's obviously meant to be Optimus Prime. And that one has sold out and gone crazy. Where others which don't have Transformers connections in the new line, they're less rare. They're less Mm. expensive. But that one's gone insane. Do you think there it's partly something to do with the trailer and the fact that it's got, you know, it's got the the, um, Convoy logo on the side, doesn't it? Battle Convoy. Oh, you're talking about vintage. I mean, the... um... The di- new Diaclone toy. Oh, right, of course. Right, okay. Yeah, because obviously Battle Convoy is part of the car robot line as well. The original Optimus Prime mm. is part of that line as well. Yeah, and I mean, that says in massive letters Diaclone across the side. It's just the most historic of historic toys, really, isn't it? Such a such a big deal. But it was like number 17 in the line, so it wasn't even like the first one. It was yeah. a year later. What else have we got in the line? We've got normal skids, blue skids, 
which also came in red, not reboost, but a red skids with the humanoid yeah. face, and then the black skids, obviously. That always creates tons of confusion, yeah. doesn't it? It's the fact that you've got two red uh, versions of not technically the same mold, but no. by by a lot of people's standards, the same mold, you know, bar a few little tweaks. But yeah, the fact that you get two red ones. Yeah, it's funny now that you get people seeing the other one, and people are like, "Is that not reboost?" And it's like. <laughs> That's the world that we're in now, isn't it? If one of them has a name and one of them doesn't. Right. So there's five versions of, of Diaclone Honda, if, if you yeah. want to get a more red crosscut version, the reboost, the crosscut, the skids, the dire burnout, and the unnamed red skids as well. And they all come with a scooter, by the way, even the blue one. Yeah. So that's, that's a really cool addition. Then who we got? We got Inferno. We got the fire truck. And in its repaint, the truck crane grapple, which is one of the rarest in the line, believe it or not, that is missing from most Diaclone car robots collections. And they were, forgive me for saying, but they had some remolding, didn't they? Like the face and stuff. Which is total news to me. Discovered that last year, thanks to Marco Salerno, Puff Marco, just posted a picture of a Transformers grapple head and a Diaclone grapple head, and they are different mold. It's like different proportions. That's mad. Yeah, absolutely stunned to find that out. I don't know if it's the case with Inferno, though. Well, I don't know. Must be. I could see that you would really need them in hand or, yeah. or very good photography to tell the difference. Uh, I was talking with someone, I think you were in about it, uh, about the, the keychain minibots recently and the fact that they're new molds of the original minibot molds. They're not the same molds. They're not the same toys, essentially. But honestly, holding them in hand, that was really my first experience of being like, okay, this is a new mold of a, a vintage classic toy. Mm. So I imagine that it's probably the same with those two. I saw those grapple pictures and I was like, that's fascinating, actually, that they did that. I will check because I actually do have a diaclone grapple. So I will check that. So you have both toys and, and here you are going, Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I never got round to actually photograph because I never thought there was anything to photograph beyond the, the chrome neck arm parts on the diaclone versus the transformer. But yeah, learn something new. Then, of course, you've got Prowl, got Hound in their normal Transformers colors. So you've got a police car, Fair Lady, you've got a green Astron 2000 Jeep Wrangler. There's the first release of Sideswipe, which was red followed by the second release in yellow, which we know is Tiger Track now. There was Mirage. A black one. Right. Uh, now, which one do you mean? Well, this is, I was talking about deep cover. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah, right. Okay. But there was actually a black one of the normal style as well. Yes. Which only one has ever been found. A mate of mine found it in Japan in one of the stores. The guy said, I was going to put this on auction, but, you know, because he's such a good customer. He goes there a lot and spends thousands regularly. So he just said, do you want to take this? And he didn't know what it was. It's like, well, it looks amazing. I'll, I'll take it. Brought it back and hit up me and my friend on WhatsApp and said, so what do you make of this? And we put it through its paces, man. We did like copyright checks, molding checks, and just photographed it alongside the deep cover because my friend had the deep cover Diaclone and the G2 Sideswipe. And it turned out that it was completely unique and it was 100% consistent with the Diaclone Sideswipe. So there's one out there which is just Sideswipe in black. The head's black like normal Sideswipe. The parts are white like normal Sideswipe. The launcher is normal, but it's got a black tab. So it's different to Deep Cover that we know with the black and the dark blue. It could have been part swapped in any way? No. There's unique colored parts on it that aren't part swappable. Yeah. And it looks like a super, super rare variant or a product sample or something like that. We don't know the full story, but only one has been found so far. And it's incredible that someone owns that because that's going to be missing from every other Diaclone collection in the world, practically. <laughs> it must it must be uh, 
quite a feeling. I don't know if you've spent whatever sum, you know, you're talking about some of these Diaclone collections and things and, you know, people are like, oh, I'm complete. Like, I've got it all. It's all here in the cabinet. And then there's a new discovery of something yeah. like that. Yeah, in 2012, like, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, it's like that. And the best part is when my friend bought it and he, he had it for about a year or so, he then gifted it to my other mate to complete his collection. And oh, that was nice. wonderful. That's just so nice that oh. that kind of stuff with this tier of toy still happens. Like, remember, they are toys and collecting is about people yeah. and about a community. So we wouldn't care as much about it if we weren't sharing it with people. So there's that. So yeah, we've talked about Mirage and, and Battle Convoy, which was the first ever use of the Optimus Prime mold. It's a huge deal. Metal-plated trailers, you know, fantastic. Yeah, then there's Wheeljack, which was the normal Alitalia one that we saw in Transformers. And of course, the Marlboro variety with the new head, new stickers, Marlboro colors, which we now know is exhaust. Still one of the absolute blue ribbon Diaclone toys that very few people get to own or ever see. Then we have Clampdown, which is a police version of Sideswipe, which was an exclusively a Diaclone toy for decades before we got the e-hobby version. There's always a Clampdown now. You get a masterpiece, you get generations. Yeah, yeah. It's part of the furniture now. It's hilarious, actually, those e-hobby reissues kind of uh, spawned all of this, sort of these uh, becoming characters in a way, didn't they? Yes. And, you know, some some of it masterpiece, actually. Some of it like Spin Out and uh, Cordon. Cordon sort of been more recent haven't they with masterpiece because they didn't get e-hobby releases but reboost yeah reboost is another one as well and actually some of them in generations but mm. the generations ones aren't given names yeah you got dk2 guard you got uh, dk2 breaker dk3 guard so they've got names is that a name i guess breaker guard lift ticket was another one for the red hot yeah Lift ticket, lift ticket, burnout. That was, a, that was a Generations one, though, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Botcon originally, wasn't it? It, it was, was Botcon. Botcon thing, yeah. And then Burnout was Botcon as well, as the Black Skids. Yeah, yeah. True, true, true. Yeah. Lift ticket is a hilarious name. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Then there's the one we all know as Road Rage, uh, you know, the tracks mold in red, which yep. appeared on the back of Transformers boxes. So that is also a super popular one. And all over the front page. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh well done. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, good. No, no, I applaud. Was it. gonna, it's, it's great. Well done. You got to mention that. Yeah, the old Catatonia. Yeah. Right, fantastic, classic. It's whenever I talk about this. Actually, whenever I think about Road Rage, all I can hear is her voice, just going, uh, "This might be a case for Mulder and Scully." You know, so <laughs> all of that is hilarious. You beat me to it. I was literally just about to throw it there out. You go. So, so there was it that is. your Welsh accent then? Is that, that what my, that was supposed to be? Yeah. And you're yeah, mocking I mean, Jason Wagner. I was going to say, get, <laughs> get Jason on here if you want to hear a really good Welsh accent. I bet he's amazing at it. That's amazing. Yes, yeah, so you've had an Englishman doing a Welsh accent. Now get the Scotsman on. See what he makes of it. We mentioned Grapple already. There's the <laughs> Omnibots. Yeah, I'm just carrying on. We've got three yeah, Omnibots yeah. in the same colours. Sail past it. As the Transformers one. They were pitched as double changes though, because they had that third mode, the attack yeah. car mode. Even though Trax did too, but that was just pitched as a car robot. Double changes, as you know, my preferred name for a triple changing <laughs> <laughs> toy over triple changes, even right. though we are triple takeover. But uh, yeah, because they double change. Then you get into the, the super rarities. So Powered Convoy, the movie colors Magnus, movie trailer Magnus that some right. people call it with the blue cab and the gray and red uh, dark blue trailer. That came out multiple times in Diaclone and yet somehow still manages to be exceedingly expensive. It was released as a standalone with a regular gray trailer. 
Then it was released as another standalone with a chromed trailer. It's just incredible. I've owned that. Can I talk about Deep Cover now? Getting there, yeah. Go on. Right, oh, lead yeah. us into Deep Cover. Well, they came with Deep Cover, didn't they? And with uh, with old Red Ooh. Red Mirage, in your PC DX, yeah, in the PC DX set, which remains one of the absolute biggest grails of anything related to Transformers collecting. I don't know if Rossi has one actually. That'd be interesting to know if Jonathan Ross has one of those. Yeah. I'll hit him up on Twitter, find out. I love that you keep calling him Rossi like he's your best mate as well. <laughs> like I've never had any yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, it's funny. But, yeah. Have you ever seen one? Actually, no. Wow. Never in person. Even though I know people who own it. People in the UK who own it. And I've never seen one in person. I would consider that such a special moment if I got to see one in person. Wasn't there one that popped up? Like, I say recently, I'm thinking in the last three years or something yeah but it was bought by the same person uh, and that guy now owns three of them and he's gonna buy all of them as they come out because he's got endless funds and that's just what he's doing but before that other people were able to get them yeah one dude got one in the 90s off ebay it was amazing he probably paid nothing for it no one knew what it was i love that that happened uh there's a dude in the uk who has one He, he bought it from japan when people weren't looking for this sort of thing quite a few in the u.s actually so there's probably more than than 10 or 12 of them that I know are out there in collections, but it still remains one of the absolute greatest grails of any vintage Transformers related. There must be more. There must be. There must be, yeah. Because, I mean, I'm sure they're in Japan, but this would have been like the third release of Power Convoy at this point. Yeah. So it would have been expensive. End of run. Big box. Space is a concern for, for people in Japan as well. I remember it was always being told. And by the third time, maybe people have just had enough of it. And of course it breaks because it's the chrome one with the sparkly blue plastic. It's usually broken, that toy, mm. almost always. So that's a thing as well. I mean, they may have ended up in bins and, and stuff like that. I was just going to say, it's horrible to think about, isn't it? But reality. Yeah. I had one stolen off me, actually, the the chrome trailer power convoy. I got one at BotCon 2007 and I had it in my bag and I put my bag down in, in the lobby at BotCon, turned back, my bag was gone and I never what? found it. Yeah. I thought we had packed it into the car, but then when we got to the other end, it just didn't come out of the car. That's really thought, scummy. Man. Oh my God, it's gone. And uh, yeah, I've <laughs> never come close to owning one again since. And I had a broken one already and this was going to fix that one up and I was going to have a perfect one, but. Yeah. That's really, really scummy, isn't yeah. it? Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's better to think that the person that took it knew what they were taking or not, really. I don't know what's preferable. They could have been taking it for the for the movie Bumblebee poster right. display that I'd, I'd had tucked into the same bag because the movie was premiered that weekend in the US at BotCon. And I and they just fancied sort of, the little standee or whatever. Yeah, maybe. Maybe just like the bag. Maybe yeah, just, just bag. in the bag. <laughs> Miss Sandwich. Chucking the toys and stuff in the bin. You don't want yeah. this. Yeah. Could be where it ended up. I almost feel better about that, to be honest, to think <laughs> it. Yeah, that might be better. Yeah. Oh, it's horrible, isn't it? Stuff yeah. like that. Can't get over that. So yeah. of all these um, of all these variations, there are more, and I do want to mention a couple more, but of all the ones that we've mentioned from Japan, and of course, you know, there was the gold jazz that we mm. got, as a, and a gold blue streak as well. Gold blue streak, yeah. Gold smoke screen, there's one of those. And also, we think, a silver blue streak, but no vintage version of that has ever been found or any documentation to say that it was a prize so which of those appeals to you the most of, of all the ones that are, are any of them a surprise to you or did you know about all of them the yellow trail break is nice and sort of all of those but most of them i'm so familiar with now yep there's, there's very few that really appeal to me that much uh yeah i would have loved to have owned exhaust oh, That's yeah. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah and the 
the red uh, mirage from the that Transformers set you mentioned it is yep. a yeah a stunner. This one I've almost considered getting a knockoff of once or twice. That's so pretty. I I did try I did try it just because I was like it's so nice. I love the mirage toy, so I got one of those those uh, knockoffs. The red one. Don't do it. It's crap. Absolutely dreadful. <laughs> That's a shame. Actually, it's one of the one of the only ones that appeals. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, it was dirt cheap. You're talking like what a tenner or whatever it is, but it was um, just awful. Honestly, like really, really bad. And and that's coming from someone that you know I'm not averse to the occasional knockoff or anything. Do you know what I mean? It's it, you know where the real thing is going to run you into like five figures or something ridiculous. Then if you're lucky, yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Then you know a, a knockoff's the only way to go, isn't it? So. But no, it's just not not even worth considering, honestly. You know, you know my experiences with knockoff Sunstreaker. So right, yeah, falling <laughs> apart. Right, yeah, I don't, don't want to go back near those again. I wouldn't bother, honestly. But yeah, no, uh, fair to say that for me, all of those are appealing in one form or another. I mean, if I could, I would. What can I say? But um, just not an option, really, is it? I think it, it it's possible. I think that's it more than anything. It's the the cost. Like so many of them are looking at yeah. me, they're so pretty, and I would like to own them. But if they're so far away from me, so I don't, it doesn't really enter my head. Like, yeah, I think I just it's what you were saying earlier, Maz. I just immediately think of everything I would need to give up. That's it in order to make it a reality. Mm. And I just don't know. I, I don't know if that's. I don't know. Part part of me, in a way, some of the stuff that appeals is the stuff that hasn't got as many photographs of it out yeah. there. You know, like black skids is another good example of that. Not many real good photographs of that that I've seen. Hmm. Just the old blurry catalogue shots or whatever. That's it, mainly. Guess you're not seeing my photos or you don't rate them then. <laughs> well, I'm actually, I, maybe I haven't seen your, um, that's maybe it. Do you know what I mean? Because I know I have read tons of your, your blog, but you were very prolific at that point. So if I have missed one or two, then, uh, you know, it's possible. You're more prolific than I ever was, I must I say. about that. I, I think you've that. actually got more articles on TF Source than I do now. That, that. By some uh, way, <laughs> I'm up to I think 600 and something. Yeah, yeah. it's more than this week. Than I have yeah. <laughs> <laughs> best tweets of this Ooh. hour. Part right. one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, you got me. Harsh. You that's got harsh. me. But no, okay. So I'll I'll go and look up your your black skids photos. I'm sure they're lovely. But there there are some, aren't there, that are not as widely photographed definitely that that would appeal to get the chance to put some nice pictures of some of them out there but you've done a lot of that already so i just all of them really i don't know if i could like I say if i could i would do you know i mean i think if you talk about it on a cost thing you could say that over the last two to three years if what if a collector had not supported the has labs and saved that money mm. they could have any one of the figures we've just talked about you know they could have mm. a blue blue streak or they could have an ex- exhaust the marble wheeljack or both if they found good auctions or, or they just bought off another collector. And it's just a matter of, would that be sufficient for you as a collector? Like, do you want those enough to sacrifice other things that you would have bought and enjoyed right. in the meantime? So in reality, when we look at our collections, probably most of the people, for example, that listen to our show and are on our Discord, most of them could afford to start a Diaclone Car Robot collection even today but what they'd have to not collect as a result. Yeah, that's the thing. So if that's what you wanted, like if that is your dream, you can still do it. And people do start this week collecting Diacon car robots and they just yeah. wait and they buy the first one that they see that they like. Major they don't trade-off. buy anything else. <laughs> yeah, just a major trade-off. I mean, if you think of like, there are people out there, and we always talk about this, but there are people out there now who get, you know, every masterpiece toy or every, you know, third-party toy or 
the whole wave of like siege and you know the whole war for cybertron trilogy and all of that and yeah if you don't collect all of that stuff of course you're gonna have more cash aren't you at the end of the day that can go elsewhere and i think that is the thing is when you're talking about people that collect diaclone you know they're not buying toys every other week or whatever i mean we see people out there in the hobby now that I can't fathom, you know, how many toys they can kind of acquire. And that's come from someone that gets, you know, a fair amount of new stuff. Uh, but even I know I can't kind of, or would, I suppose can't keep up is a weird way to phrase it, but you do see the amount that some people are able to to pick up or whatever. Yeah, they probably would be able to do it. But as you said, it would just mean giving up presumably everything else that they enjoy. I don't know. It's cho- choices, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I think some things are within the realm of reasonable affordability like if anyone really wanted a vintage red skids they could probably buy one for less than the price of a, a sealed g1 transformer or even a mint in mm. box unused road buster for example you could probably yeah. get a box road or a loose red skids for way less than that and then you could put a red skids with a blue head next to your transformers one and it'd be like a completely new thing but still hugely familiar and yet exotic in your collection and that's like super appealing i mean it doesn't have to be boxed that's not how all diaclone collectors do it i have a, a loose display of e-hobby reissues behind me and there's a loose uh vintage reboost and a loose vintage road rage and a clamp down and, and yeah, it's yeah. just it's lovely to look at it and of course a blue blue streak and it just looks amazing with the others that's the thing vintage reboost actually is one that would certainly appeal i suppose on, on the back of the masterpiece being so good as well yeah. there's a definite appeal there and your pictures of it are just wonderful and mine's really like weak in terms of condition compared to a lot of other stuff I own, but it still does the business because it's so special looking. It's so different. Imagine 20 years ago before reissues, before all this stuff that we have masterpiece, having something like a silver skids with a completely different red head with a masked face next to vintage G1 would have just been mind blowing. Mm. Imagine that existing. I spent my whole youth not knowing this existed. And then there's my favorite G1 car as a police car <laughs> it's wonderful that's where definitely my passion for it comes from can't tell you what it felt like to discover that a police sunstreaker existed yeah for sure what yeah i, I feel like you're trying to enable me on vintage diaclone yeah. i really I'm... don't need more competition so no you're fine where you are mate <laughs> you're right okay <laughs> stick in your lane no but it's doable i think yeah the odd piece is doable and that's why you get people who do have very recognizable generations collection then they have an exhaust <laughs> you know like yeah, yeah, yeah. that dude has a has a vintage tiger track what it happens yeah yeah yes i think that's what you're saying the odd bit is kind of you know it's when you go full tilt on the whole thing isn't it that maybe it's a bit more you know now this stuff was not restricted to japan fully like we, we've talked about diacron in the u.s but yeah, so th- these toys made it to italy in a, in a huge amount like there are loads of jig diaclone cars Blue Blue Streak is available in Italian packaging, for example. Mm. Don't know how many collectors are aware of that. Yellow Sideswipe, Red Sunstreaker, Black Ironhide. They even got Transformers colors like Red Ironhide in Diaclone packaging, which is a really nice curio. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, You get exclusive versions of Mirage with like printed uh, Ligier on the side where you don't get in any other version. They got a green Diaclone hoist, which says Wrecker. So there's like unique things like that in Italy. In Justra, in mainland Europe, you got the red tracks and you got the powered convoy. But other than that, it's basically pre-rub transformers in super awesome packaging with exclusive artwork. America got a red sunstreaker, blue trailbreaker, black ironhide. That's basically what 
those generation selects toys that we're getting now are taking their inspiration from in terms of name and designation like dk2 and dk3 were original diacron designations and in finland this is like the wildest of frontiers out in some archaeoski kiosk there was an exclusive black version of tracks which we all now know today as loud pedal that was just like discovering that in the year 2004 was incredible like really there's a black version of tracks exclusive to finland yeah (laughs) it's really mad how mad is that it's really mad yeah you actually gotta love that and of course, as you can expect, most collectors and diaclone collectors in the world are still chasing one of those. There's only four known boxed examples in existence. Yeah. Wow. Maybe 11 loose. You had one, didn't you? I, d- I had two. Yeah. Oh, right, of course. I had two simultaneously, which is bizarre. You had 50% of the world's <laughs> known collection. Well, no, they weren't both boxed, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I was able to get one to upgrade the other one. Yeah, it was it was mad. And that was a wonderful period of time owning that toy. I feel forever privileged to have had that. I spoke to the the dude who owned it in his childhood. He still had it. You know, he had the box and everything. And just, I used his photos for my article. And I said, look, mate, if you ever want to sell it, let me know. And then just years later, he got in contact and said, I think I'm ready to sell it now. And uh, and we discussed it. And I, I liquidated so many Transformers toys to afford that. And that was how, the only way I could get it. And it was a, it was a wonderful thing to have. It was worth every penny I paid and was worth all the jazz and hype around it to actually see it in person. I remember all, all the guys who were going to the pub at the time with us, probably before you were a part of that group, Six O. Yeah, yeah. They came around to my place once, and I just opened the cabinets, and the dudes were all just looking at all the toys. It was lovely to be able to put a diaclone black tracks in the hands of these people and say, check that out. you know. And it was just a wonderful feeling. Who broke it? Nobody. <laughs> it was yeah. all debroken. <laughs> yeah. It did actually have glue on it from the previous owner. But yeah. There you go. Part of its heritage, isn't it, I guess? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, that is amazing. That is absolutely amazing. But that, I suppose in some ways, that's the world that I don't think I would ever want to be in. Do you know what I mean? That kind of frenzy of like, oh my God. And like what you were talking about with the, the, with the Red Mirage and all of that earlier. That's not a world I ever see myself kind of competing in. You may not have to, because I have to tell you, because you're visible... And because you have an online presence, people are likely to find your photos and your blog and your video through Google searches and just be like, hey, Sixer, I've got this toy from my childhood. What do you think it's worth? Do you want it? Yeah, I know that's happened to you a couple of times, Yeah, which is insane. But People show up on TFW and be like, hey, I'm from Finland. I've got this black Corvette. I saw an online article. Does anyone want to want to make me an offer? And that's where someone else's black tracks come from. It doesn't have yeah. to be day in, day out, scouring the internet, making contacts, connections. These are childhood toys. They were in the hands of kids. These kids grow up, don't care about the hobby, just maybe want a payday. And they find it on Google and like, yeah, I'll get rid of it to you. It'd be nice to see you make a video of it. And that's it. You know, it's in someone's collection. That's how it can happen. Yeah, for sure. So uh, what do you think is next then in terms of big discoveries? Do you think there's much left out there or not so much? You never know, mate. You never know. What would you like to see? <sighs> what, in, in terms of colour? Yeah, yeah. What would what would be something you'd see and you'd be completely blown away? Uh, something like a, a blue or black sunstreaker would be incredible. I think that would be fantastic. Hot pink Datsun. What about that? <laughs> wow. Yeah, something like that, yeah. A chromed tracks or something mad like that, gold chrome tracks. There's always a chance that something like that will pop. A yellow tracks, how good would that be if there was like a neon green? Track? Right. Imagine that. But yeah, there'll always be something like 
that gold smokescreen was amazing. The black tracks is amazing. The black sideswipe was totally out of left field. No one saw that coming. You never know what country might have got an exclusive. Like maybe there was something in Denmark. <laughs> Just never know. Why? Why black tracks? Why Finland? Never know. That's the thing, isn't it? So so much of that was just exclusives in different countries at that point, and not advertised as such. You know, not in kind of any mainstream, uh, universal literature anyway. So, I mean, you know, um, Diaclone attack cars—the ones that you pull back and they pop and have an attack mode—they mm. never made it to Transformers. Those have been found on Arabic language cards for the Arabic market in the 80s, and they say Takara on them. If that's a thing that exists. I've heard that Juice to Die Clone were available in like Abu Dhabi. You know, you never know what's out there. It's just someone just needs to have preserved it and finally had a moment to dig it out of their storage and show the world. So you never know. You never know. And that's the super appeal of the hobby as well. That's the, the mystery, the prestige, the not knowing, the discoveries are a massive part of the, the mystique of, of this collecting part. Well, that's all we're going to talk about this week in terms of Diaclone Car Robots. And you should keep an eye out on our exclusive Patreon mini-sodes because uh, we're going to look at a few of the key players in the Diaclone Car Robot line, and you don't want to miss those. And speaking of Patreon, lads, we have a patron question. Ooh, that's always fun. So, the Mapes twins, who you might know, you might recognise. Hey. I would have been so disappointed if you hadn't said it. <laughs> <laughs> so would they. I really, I really hope they introduce themselves <laughs> that way at the next TFN. <laughs> Why did it have to be Mapes? <laughs> <laughs> mapes on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> They're lovely people. I love them too. Really nice guys. They're brilliant. They're brilliant. Well, their question is, which hand? What? <laughs> If a toy has one weapon, All how right. many times will you put it in the left hand? That's actually a really interesting question. Very rarely. It's almost always the right hand, unless for some reason they're next to each other. They like to have opposite hands, if that makes sense. I'm looking at my collection now. A lot of them appear to be right-handed. Yep. I'm looking at, yeah, even like Piranacon and things like that, all in the right hand. Well, this is why Paul Hitchens says that uh, nearly all the Optimus Prime fists he finds are the right fist. Yeah. Because kids will put the gun in the right hand, making it bigger, harder to lose, but it never has the left fist. That's the one yeah, that's always yeah. missing. That's hilarious. Mine's the same. Predominantly yeah. right hand weapon storage. It'll be whatever hand you are, isn't it? I guess. I will say, though, that sometimes I will switch them for photography. So that yeah. there are yeah, times exactly. where I will, I just for whatever reason, like the shot looks better from the sort of side with with the left hand so that is a thing i have the jump starters with the opposite hands with the guns yeah that's deep cover has his gun in the left hand <gasps> he's a lefty he's undercover he's deep cover yeah yeah but he can't use most uh scissors though can he <laughs> do you know what would be cool is the, like you could have like punch and counter punch and one of them could be a righty and the other could be a lefty <laughs> do you know what i mean oh uh, yeah best that's disguise <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> he's secretly ambidextrous but no one knows that <laughs> <laughs> well uh thank you so much to the mapes twins who you might recognize for that question and if you want to ask a question on the pod then all you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash triple takeover and sign up as a inner beast and there are loads of other benefits you get even at that level you get access to the discord server if you sign up as man in pig you get episodes early and you can contribute to episode polls and that's a whole week early 
And then you start getting into the exclusive content tiers of Sixos Butler, where you can commission minisodes and listen to all the minisodes. And we have so many minisodes now. Oh my God. So much content there with more coming all the time. And then if you go one step higher, you've got Gold Box Classics, where you get a free piece of merch for signing up. You can commission minisodes, listen to minisodes, and also you get to listen to the exclusive mini series, which we mentioned at the start of this episode. And uh, we will be adding a third mini series very, very soon. So that's patreon.com forward slash triple takeover. Another perk of being a Six O's Butler and Gold Box Classic is that you get a shout out live on the show. So a massive, and I do mean massive, thank you. Starting in 2023, to our butlers and GBCs, Nick, Danny Roberts, Andy, Preston, Chris, Spiderfather, Adam Shoemaker, Matt, Stephen Perkins, Bad Saturday, Justin Massaro, Dave Dalrymple, Geo Kaiser, Yusuf John Pearl, Choice of Anthony Cars, Alec Mir, Captain R.A., Phil G., Jack Pelletier, Rotostorm, Stuart Webb, Amar, Laserbeak, Pima the Hunter, Vegemite Mike, Peter Hammerson, Chenry, Chris Norris, Jesse Moreno, Nexus, Jim Owen, Aaron Swoboda, Billy Gator, Andy Gold, Cold Squall, Simon Elvin, Joshua's Misha Kid, Michael Cagle, Cactastic Plastic, Down the Slater, Jeffrey Freak, Nice Sideburns, Andy, Inbound Lee, John Wood, Kyler Wilmoth, Tim Banerjee, Campbell, Ben Lewis, Chinsey, Lucas Henkel, Mollus Koenig, Malcolm Hobbs, CNC, Rick56, Mythic Gears, Zach Lawson, Jason Murray, David Shepard, Esteem, Dugatron, Big Doug, Quick Mix, Josh Bell, Ashpolt, Zindios, Christian Hyatt, Mark Alley, Andrew Bentley, Graham Moffat, Connacy, Burke Perotta, Unchrasmatic Boar, Eric Hoyt, Bobby P, Mike Loyakono, Nihar Bat, Tyler Husky, Chris Rodwell, Alicia, aka Alicia Tron, Steve Redman, Fart Warp, Shawnee Sean, Jim Kinsey, Shaunty Siegel, I've been saying his name wrong this whole time, James Pascoe, Ghost Prime, Four big balls. Do I have to do that every time? Jickle, yes. MK Tronic, Hodert yes. Walter, Charlie Chappelle, DD, Maddie Clark, Jonathan False Logic Howard, Alexis Taylor, Windows 6K, Teku James, Tyler Dickerson, Jeremy Woodall, Ross, and a big thank you to our new patrons, Jetfire James. Six, are you going to love this one? Dog Lunch UK. Yes. <laughs> yes. And the Mapes Brothers, who you may recognize. What a list. Can, can I just say, UK. there are some fantastic names in there, but my favorite Brilliant. was just Ross. <laughs> <laughs> After all of those, Fart Warp, all of these different names, <laughs> Windows 6K, whatever. Launch UK. Yeah. Well done, mate. I wonder <laughs> if it's the chap that we saw at TFN with the Dog Lunch t shirt. Do you remember? I hope so. Wow. Oh, brilliant. Oh, what a Dog Lunch. Fantastic. Well, also worth a mention are our sponsors for the evening. Uh, of course, we've got tfsource.com for all your Transformers and third-party needs and kapowtoys.co.uk, based in the UK as well. Absolutely fantastic pair of uh, sponsors, that is. Do check them out. We love them. Thanks very much. And if you want some vintage Triple Takeover merch, you can get it in all sorts of variants, just like Diaclone. You can head over to rebel.com forward slash people forward slash triple takeover forward slash explore. And... If you discover any Diaclone variants that Maz has never heard of, you can contact us on social media. You can find us at triple underscore takeover on Instagram and Twitter and at triple takeover, all one word, on Facebook. Lads, where can they find you? Yeah, don't send any of that to the triple takeover Facebook or Twitter. Send it directly to me at <laughs> TF Square One on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Slide into his DMs. You're welcome. Uh, I'm at 6OTF on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, some other ones. All of those places. And I'm at Toybox Hopebox. Anyway, there's an app. That's our look at Diaclone Car Robots done. And now we're all out of fists, free zone and fair ladies. See you next time.
<clears throat> Sorry, it's a bad time to get from you. Start beatboxing. Yeah. <laughs> I genuinely wonder what was happening. I was like, wow. It's a new outro, isn't it? That would be brilliant. Just imagining yeah. Maz just signing off for a look. <laughs> Please don't joke. Please don't joke. <laughs> Gold chrome looking chain. Brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, come